Now I Kay. do. We don't need to sing the theme song again this week, do we? No. Okay. I mean, I really like that theme song. No. But it's just, you know. Well, okay, what about this? What if we just pause and come back in a second and we just pick up these lanterns and we twirl around these rocks for a minute? Is that okay? Can we be naked? Yes. Excellent. Okay, great. We'll be right back. Hold on. <laughs> and we're back. I feel refreshed. <laughs> hey, so the, uh, the, the bits, we've got bits. Welcome to the second episode of Podlander Drunkcast, the Outlander podcast. I'm Allison Shoemaker. I'm Julie Starford. And uh, we drink things and talk about Outlander, which is what everyone who watches Outlander does. Um, so uh, as with the last episode, because we were recording these two on the same day, uh, this episode is brought to you by Tall Boys of Miller Lite, um, a fine Pilsner beer. No better beer. Like Jamie Fraser, tall. Tall and refreshing. And refreshing. And just about perfect. Mm-hmm. With an oddly scarred back. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's really, the, ca- <laughs> the can's all marked up. <laughs> two, it's like it's got 200 lashes. It's like uh, Jesus in here. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> that was me slurping for you. Um, you're welcome. So, uh, episode two, not in Scotland anymore. Um, nope. Mostly because they're actually... Not in Scotland anymore. They're in en Francais. They are. They're in Le France. They're in Paris. <laughs> um, they're in the land of beaver waxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> public beaver waxes and public poop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things we learned. The king does not have fop. No. He has zero fop. He doesn't give a shit. Or he, if he does give a shit, somebody's there to watch it. Yeah, but he can't. He gives zero shits. Because he actually can't poo. Because he can't poo. Yeah. No, seriously. (laughs) So this is a real scene. Roz just piped in. Yeah. There's a real scene where the king can't poop, and he has an entire audience of people trying to watch him take a dump. And they and they spread his his robe up over the chair like he's James Brown. Like they come in and they like have his cape and. He's just bare ass. Well, he's just trying to take a dump. He's trying really, and he's just. Sacre bleu. Yeah, he's constipated. <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, but and that's the not gist. being able to take a dump. He just and eats you, all that rich food. You have this moment where you realize that this person has had that every day of his life, where there have been a room full of people trying to watch him take a shit. Mm. Oh, your Majesty, you do have performed such a miraculous shit this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one was very good. It's your very bowels, solid. Your like, bowels move uh, uh. so. There was actually elegantly. a guy that looked into the toilet chair after he made an unsuccessful attempt and then shook his head and was very sad about it. Yeah. I I know that we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this truly was a highlight for me because I know that in this time in France, everything was very like appearance based. Everybody, anybody who was in the courts or the um, higher classes had to be present themselves in a certain way. But to think about how high it went and how weird it was was so interesting. Like, yes, I understand that when a royal got married that there had to be people in the room while they did it. Mm-hmm. But I surely did not know that there had to be people in the room while they were taking a dump. Yep. yep. So that's this was also from the book. In the book, it happens in the morning, and that's the only difference <laughs> oh and that and jamie doesn't pipe up with his great advice about, about eat some oatmeal constitution <laughs> yeah parage 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 <laughs> i do not eat 
peasant food. I do food. not eat the peasant food. Oh. I would like to go on record as saying that I love French people, and um, and that my my French accent is regrettable. Uh, I was going to say it was très élégant. No. Très élégant. Yours is really good because you actually took French. Mine sucks because. I oh no, mine is actually shit. really, really terrible. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the vote of confidence, but it's really bad. Ooh. Um, and as we learned, uh, there are people who actually speak French. Claire's French is mostly pretty good. She's all right. Except for occasionally what she gets nervous. What the fuck is up with like Jamie just being like, a oh, bleu français. Oh, like, yeah. So this is something that gets mentioned pretty briefly in the first season and that is sort of inferred because of the the bitch they meet at the party, dueling right. bitch, right? Um, but Jamie uh, went abroad to study, to complete his schooling, and then later, I think they might have been separate, um, served as a soldier. So essentially learned um, about the military in mm. France. Oh, okay. um, which you, we met Ian in season one. Mm-hmm. Ian lost his leg in France. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's why Jamie is fluent in French. Well, sweet. And it just adds another fucking sex level. Yeah. Just that really perfect good. French. It's just really that good. real perfect porridge. Like, not only is he six foot 40, <laughs> redheaded, and regular. But he speaks fluent <laughs> Gaelic and French. Like, oh. and he was a virgin. Like, ladies, yeah. come on. Is, well, that's part of why we love Outlander, right? Is we get this stereotypical perfect woman, only he's a man. It is. He's the perfect man. Literally a virgin. Literally perfect. Are you bothered that I am a vir- not a virgin? No. 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 If you're not, no. not bothered that I am. Um, and my, again, my Scottish accent is on point, guys. I am not Scottish. bothered. <laughs> All right, so wait, wait, let's get back. I'm sorry. Okay, I got distracted sorry. by thinking about Jamie speaking French. Yeah, yeah. And his magic bean flicking skills. Also, the fact that he was totally on point with the oatmeal recommendation. Yeah, that's a really good recommendation. It's important to be able to uh, be regular in the mornings. Mm-hmm. So that the whole point is, is that we're in France, and it's this land of excess where we get to see fucking rich people take a shit and this episode <laughs> is all about watching the frasers um navigate this new world hence the title not in scotland anymore where they're still where they're uh, encouraged to put their charms on display as opposed to in uh scotland when frequently claire's best move would while it grooves me to say have been to shut the hell up here it's good for her to be um sassy outspoken and mm-hmm. flirtatious mm-hmm. Well, Jamie might not particularly like her choices of garments. Um, mm, we'll get to that. We'll get to that gorgeous dress. So it opens up, right, and she... PTSD. It, it's the sex scene, and it's funny because in the entire first episode of season two, there wasn't... Was there the flashback or was there no flashback? Mm-mm. No. So we haven't seen any sexual activity, and then all of a sudden, here it is, and everybody's really excited, but then it's this horrible nightmare that Jamie is having about Black Jack Randall, and it's horrible. <laughs> I would like to say I really appreciate the fact that the show is approaching this catastrophic, horrifying rape and letting... Jamie be an active character who is not defined by the things who have happened to him but is very obviously scarred Mm -hmm. and it's not a thing that relinquishes its hold easily Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate that um in terms of the the portrayal and the way that they're approaching it and Mm -hmm. and I I say PTSD and I don't say it as a joke like that's post-traumatic stress disorder yeah it's right there and that he even says that he's like he's dead but he's not dead in my mind 
Right. And that I thought that that was really important. And of course, he leaves Claire in the bed and Claire is really upset that Jamie's having such a hard time. And she says Blackjack Randall is dead. <sighs> Y'all, I haven't read the books, but I know that Dick ain't dead. I know he is not dead. Well, you would have known that even if they hadn't put him in the previously on. Right. It's just like, come on. He's not dead. So I will say in the books, it's a genuine surprise when you find out that Randall is not dead Mm -hmm. Um, and you find out in a different way Mm -hmm. and much later on, although you do still meet Alex Randall very early on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that actor who plays Alex Randall, he looks a lot like a tiny baby Tobias Menzers. He did. That was a good choice. So Claire lets Jamie go to work on the figures for the wine factory, whatever the fuck it is they do there, which is ridiculous. And then uh, she gets up the next morning and puts on her best Joan Crawford drag. Oh, my God. (laughs) That dress is astounding. It's so fabulous. Again, Terry Dressbach, and we'll do our little... um, Hey, let's talk about the costumes at the very end. But if you haven't yet, I really encourage you, uh, Julie and I encountered separately some really great information about the costuming in this season. Um, I... I'm very excited to say that uh, Tom and Lorenzo of TomLorenzo.com, um, which is one of my favorite websites, one of my very favorite internet things of all time is that every week they would analyze each episode of Mad Men based just on the costume design. And as of this season, they are now doing that with Outlander 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and the analysis of the first episode, um, which went up in the middle of last week, is just terrific. And I think they're going to be posting on Tuesdays. They're also doing recaps, and their recaps are great. They're mm-hmm. very, very smart. But the analysis is really thoughtful. And at this point, they've had a lot of practice analyzing costumes for costuming for television and how different episodes speak to each other and what the color can say and what texture can say. And it's just really, really great. Um, so I encourage you to dig into exactly how much thought went into a lot of these costumes. And I read an amazing interview with Terry Dressbach on The Muse, uh, which I think is a uh, gawker shoot-off. I'm not positive. Uh, but it's astounding, and it's just an extra-long interview about her process and how they actually made 90-something percent of the incredible costumes you're going to see in season two by hand, like all of them, like 13,000 garments or something crazy. I can't even quote the number. It was astounding. So this is kind of the first time where we see this, and we get to see the reach of the costumer because it is obviously a 1740s dress, but it is obviously also very informed by the 1940s. Yeah. She's got big, wide shoulders. It's very unadorned. Like most of these women have bows and buttons and flowers everywhere. It's It's very like clear. And then she has just the kind of shelf hat. And it's like, if you walked outside in that in Paris in the 1740s, would you look like, if you were Lady Gaga and you walked outside in the Haight-Ashbury in 1960s. Like, close enough. Mm-hmm. Close enough. But also, like, who that girl? Oh, it, yeah, and you can see the way they react. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's clear that it's it's not just that, um, that Claire is a striking woman uh, or that she's wearing the best clothes, but she is very clearly dressing herself to attract as much attention as possible because mm-hmm. what's going to help them is to climb and advance socially as quickly as they can, which we see they climb pretty far in one episode. So she's pretty pissed that her servants are like all up in her jock and she's not used to that, whatever. You can go ahead and remake my bed as soon as I leave. Shut up. You just make my bed. All right, no problem. And then she gets into the carriage and goes to the apothecary and then... Master Raymond. There is Raymond. I'm getting that actor's name right now. Uh, Dominique Pignon. No problem. (laughs) 
This guy is one of the best actors I've ever seen. I don't know if anybody is familiar with the movie City of Lost Children or Delicatessen. I believe the director's name, I'm uncertain. Is it Jean-Luc Godard? I, I don't know. I think so. I'm, I'll check. French director. Anyway, this guy, Dominique Pignon, is kind of his muse, weirdly. Like, he plays a lot of clown characters, and a, he's just amazing. <laughs> and if you've never seen the movie Delicatessen, please. Please just go watch Delicatessen, like right now. Why are you still listening to this? Just go watch Delicatessen. So this guy is the apothecary in Paris that Claire runs into. Delicatessen is directed by Marc Caro and Jean-Pierre Genet. Jean-Pierre Genet, sorry. So obviously I had the wrong French name, which will always continue happening. So go to hell. Just Julie. suck it up. Jean-Pierre Genet, Delicatessen, go watch it. Dominique Pignon, I know I got that right. Oh, also in Amelie... Yeah, uh, he's been in all of also them. Also in Alien Resurrection. Mm-hmm. He's the little clone dude. Uh, also in Outlander. <laughs> yes. Um, Delicatessen, City of Lost Children, like all of them. Anyway, he's great. He's great. And when you see him walk out, if you'd ever seen any movie he was ever in, it would be that moment where you're like, oh, it's that French guy. French guy. <laughs> you'd have that moment. So here he is. He's the guy in charge of all the poisons and potions and herbs that Claire has to meet. And we're hoping that he comes back. Oh, Obviously, he, will. he comes I, back. I can tell you, and I think that the episode makes it pretty clear that this is a character we're going to meet again, or they would not have spent so much time with her buying stuff to help Jamie sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that he's an enemy of the Comte Whose boat got burned at yeah. the sea. Burn, he of the burned boat in the mm -hmm. nice coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, speaking of another great costume, but um, and this costume is great too. His vest, that weird vest with the eyeball and, then, like, and the, the tree flowers. with the stuff growing out of it, just really gorgeous. I anyway, um, Raymond is one of my very favorite characters from the books. I have to say, um, so it was really great to see an actor of so much skill in that part, mm -hmm. and just watching him zip around his little shop and having his shop girl push his little staircase around on his little ladder all the way around. <laughs> and the, and the <laughs> set dressing also is very beautiful here because. In specifically the first season, we got treated to a lot of beautiful cinematography because we were in the highlands and it's gorgeous. You know, there's mountains and streams and everything. And now we're going to be treated to a lot more interior shooting. And this was kind of the first time where you like get this treat of this beautiful apothecary shop, like multi-level, all everything's the same color, like they're making... It's, the it's just really cool. and yeah. the powders and mm -hmm. the crocodile blood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So anyway, it's a great introduction to this character that I'm happy to hear comes back. Oh yeah, he, and he was really, really great. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously Claire is very worried about Jamie and trying to figure out how she can get him some GD sleep, first of all, because clearly the man needs a rest. Because, um, I mean, otherwise I'm not going to be all that much doing it. I'm just going to say, I really feel like that's why she has the problem. <laughs> Well, that and, you know, spousal concern. Yeah, but spousal concern is always like 90%. When can we do it again? <laughs> Fair. Mm -hmm. So um, so she goes to Raymond to get some stuff to help Jamie sleep. And uh, he his big first development is that he gets a letter from his cousin being like, hey, by the way, uh, you get to meet Bonnie Prince Bonnie Charlie. Bonnie Prince Charlie, like straight up. Like once again, let's just talk about this. You just moved to Paris. Here's Bonnie three Prince months. Charlie. It's been three months. Okay, but still a little bit like, here's the winery. 
Here's Bonnie Prince Charming. Well, he's an expat. I think this is important. Mm-hmm. So he's a Jacobite, and there are not all that many Jacobite sympathists in France. Um, and he's not there. There's this line that, by the way, the actor who's playing that part. Great job. Horrible perfect. person. Yeah, you're just like, oh, God, I don't trust you at all all mm-hmm. um, you know what he reminded me of what michael sarah with no hope <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like michael sarah in the world's end or just is like, that what it's called just end like, of the world just like michael sarah with like shrug i'm done uh janine do you know the name of that movie that james franco and um into the oh, seth rogan movie all of his the uh this is the end. Is this, this is, is the, the end? end? I think, I think end. yes. Michael Sarah and that is a coke fiend who hits on Rihanna and she slaps him. Then there you go. That's <laughs> like that. That's what this yeah, is. Yeah. Only Rihanna wouldn't slap him because then he was. The, oh no! You know what? Rihanna would totally slap. Rihanna him would slap anybody. She fucking felt like slapping. Yeah. God. Yeah. Warg, warg, warg. Um, <laughs> oh no! That's not even her. That's fuck. I'm terrible. That was Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato would also slap a dude. Erase. Britney would not. Britney's too nice. <laughs> no, don't you dare erase that. Um, uh, I was just trying to look up the name of that actor. Anyway, so they end up in a brothel, which, which is also funny. let's rewind. How did he know it was a brothel? He gets the letter. He says where it is. It's like Maison de Madame. Blah, 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 blah. Claire goes, "Where is that?" And he looks at her without looking it up on his phone or whatever, and says, <laughs> "That's a brothel." And I'm like, "How the fuck does he know that's?" Well, a brothel? he was in France before. There you go. Okay, thank you. Also, there may be like a certain, like maybe it was called the honeypot. Fucking honeypot. They're going to need to quit using that word. No, I think they should never stop using that word. It made me laugh really hard. It's the worst. Uh, Here we go. Andrew Gower. Andrew Gower, um, known for Rosewater. Oh, that's that. I never saw that. The Jon Stewart movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Being Human. um, Among other things. Is he tall? He's 5'10 and 3 quarters inches. They straight up gave him the three quarters? Well, it says 1.8 meters. Why don't they just say... Why don't they just say 5'11"? Is that IMDb? That's IMDb. So that means he's like 5'8". Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) IMDb height, you add two inches. Or you subtract two inches to know. So 5'8". 5'8". This guy's 5'8". Yeah. That's okay. He's all right. Rosewater, Murdoch Mysteries, The White Queen. He did a great job in the scene because he starts out as somebody that you have zero sympathy for and he's just the worst he's horrible and Murtaugh's coming for him and then Jamie's trying to tell him things and it's bad and it's bad and then all of a sudden you realize oh no he's just a religious fanatic well who's also been told his whole life that right. God has chosen him for a special destiny and can you imagine how much that would fuck you up right if your whole life you got told God wants you to lead the Catholics mm-hmm. good lord that would and, mess with your head and you have people watching you poop all the time all the time <laughs> oh my god you're just fucked eight ways to it's Sunday hard. and you know what it's hard for everybody so he finally maybe kind of redeems himself by the end of the scene although we're missing the most important part oh the, the, the dildo rental the fucking dildo rental Janine, look, you look confused. Yeah, what? So they're in a French brothel, and this moment happens. It's like a bit. <laughs> it is a bit. It's a it's total like a bit. little musical number. It's like um, the madame of the house comes up and goes, and gentlemen, messieurs, your wives. And all these guys freak out like, my wife, my wife. Nah. It's just some whores playing their wives on the stage. 
And uh, I have not gotten any of laundry lately. It's just, just like, oh, your poor wives. Why are they so sad? So frustrated. It's because you are here. And there's a big laugh and all these guys are clapping. It's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> and then she's like, how can you keep your wife happy? And then she just pulls this blanket off and she's got all these fucking dildos. Giant dildos. It's a fucking infomercial in a brothel. Straight yeah. up. Like <laughs> salesmanship. ass dildos. And she's like, you can buy them here or you can rent them. Or and I'm like, rent who them. rents dildos? Some cheap ass dudes. I guess that's true. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? And this is mostly because of the French thing and because they were so proud to present those dildos. Be our guest. Like, be our guest. Take our dildos and then stick them in your wives. And we provide the rest. It totally felt like that. And they were all the men were like, oh, yes, thank God I could put something in my wife that's not my dick. And then uh, these... <laughs> Women are walking around with these dildos, like rubbing in them, all these guys. And then Ooh, Body Prince Charlie's la, la, like, la. Oh, yes. And then he like points to his shoulder, and one of the prostitutes comes up and like rubs a dildo on his shoulder. And it's kind of weirdly awkward because like Jamie's in there, Murtaugh's in there, and they're both like, <laughs> No. These Frenchmen. These Frenchmen. Although technically Charles is English, but then grew up in Italy. But really he's likes the kid. French. He really likes the French aesthetic because he's like, I love that they don't let their world-class manners get in the way of their baser instincts. Yeah. Which was really interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's a great, you know what? I'll take, that's a great compliment. Mm -hmm. If somebody said that about people who are like a quarter Irish and a quarter <laughs> Scottish and like a, maybe a third German and then a lot of mutt and <laughs> they don't let their baser, their, their world-class manners get in the way of their baser instincts, I'd be like, Thank you, sir. You know, I Top of the that. morning to you. Would you like this dildo? <laughs> Would you like this dildo? Buy a rent. <laughs> yeah, buy a rent. And not no shade. You can rent, no problem. That's fine. So the scene happens in the bordello. They leave. Oh, whatever. and can we? We'll get. I mean, there are more great Murtaugh moments, and I'm already thinking. Ugh, so he hates Bonnie Prince. We'll Charlie. be talking about season one later, but. In season one, we always got really excited whenever Dougal showed up. Mm -hmm. He was our gilf. Um, that grandpa, for the way Janine is grandpa, I'd like to fuck. Um, he is a he is a stone cold silver fox, and Myrta Duncan Lacroix. What's your favorite Lacroix, Julie? <laughs> Pample moose. There is no <laughs> other. I mean, it's the best, but but uh, Duncan. Would I also kind of like second. peach pear, but that's like second choice. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I also like the just water one. You can't mm. go wrong with some fizzy water. Yeah, that's fine. You like orange? orange? You like orange? Everybody in my office really likes lime, or at least there's one asshole that goes in and steals all the lime. I don't know. Weird. Probably, because he's like, this is a commodity, and you're like, no, fuck you, get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, mm, lime, 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 takes them all. You know which one isn't, isn't very good? Coconut. And I'm not one of those people you that doesn't what? like coconut. I just don't like the coconut la croix. Coconut in my office is a definite, like, cliff. There are people who love it. But they are a minority. Is it like cilantro? And then there are people who are like, oh, you ruined my day. <laughs> I'm okay with the coconut. My The big boss, the big, big cheese loves it. So loves we it. always have like one somewhere. But if one of the, uh, you know, lesser workers gets one, they're like, no. <laughs> like, why? It's free, first of all. Shut the fuck up. Secondly, reach past it. To the pample moose. Just get, you get that pample moose. Just get pample, that pample, pample, pample moose. moose. <laughs> um, anyway, Duncan Lacroix. Um, 
He's just killing it this season. And episode two is such a great showcase for him when he yells asses and armpits at the crowd of French people. <laughs> I'll cut your balls off. I'll cut your balls I'll off. I'll cut your balls off. When they're they're fighting and he's trying to be a good godfather and shit and he just hate and he's like, hey, so if the goal is to stop this uprising from happening, why don't we just kill this guy? And he says it like four different times. Um, which I, I've got to say it is also a question that gets asked in eleven twenty two sixty three. It makes sense. <laughs> um, you just you gotta you gotta think like maybe what's the most efficient way to do this? And Jamie's like, oh, I'm not an assassin. Like, okay, Jamie, you kill a lot of people. You've killed a lot of people. Uh, so I get it. You're a moral person, and certainly there's a moral conundrum involved. But you you can understand where merch is coming from. Anyway, um, his best scene is definitely the scene in the brothel. He's like, yeah, because you know what you're asking is for farmers to put down their tools and run at some cannons, and we don't like outsiders. So you really want us to put down our tools and run at some cannons for a guy we don't know? Mm-hmm. To, to put a more uh, sympathetic ass on the English throne, I think that's the right. line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Duncan LaCroix just killing it. And that scene was very interesting. And then at the end, Charles seems to um, at least come around to the fact that having a friend who will speak to him honestly is a valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. And that having someone in his corner who cares so passionately about Scotland would be good for him too. And then asks Jamie to uh, snuggle up to the French minister of finance, Monsieur Duvernay. Oh my God. We haven't even gotten to Versailles. I know. Well, that's the majority. Well, we can't skip the beaver waxing. Oh hell no. We can't. Who would want to skip the beaver waxing moment? So in an episode where a King poops in public, um, we also uh, get Louise de la Tour, um, I looked up her name and I shut that page. On she's my amazing. God, it's she's like so the gayless of this season. And sh- yeah, totally. She's a, she's our new gayless, and she's so char- except for not evil. Mm-hmm. Um, not that gayless is evil, but you know it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and Louise is just so likable and charming, even though she's shallow. And she slaps her, whacks her. And I've just got to say, while I'm not a person who's like I know I'm I'm I think it's about time for me to rip some hair off of my body. Um, I think that anyone who does choose to do that needs to actively resist the urge to slap Slap their their waxing technician. (laughs) Uh, I would like to go out on a line and say that is a thing you should avoid. Anyway, she's uh, just terrific, isn't she? And she's got those dimples. This is a good looking cast. So she brings, Kat goes to see her and uh claire sorry claire cat is the actress's name claire is the character's name right claire goes to see her and finagles and uh invite to versailles but also the most important thing that we really need to learn about the scene is not just the beaver waxing which is intense and comes back around later but we meet uh mary hawkins mary hawkins who claire sermon is louise de rohan and mary hawkins is played by rosie day who is just great too she's adorable uh so we meet this young British woman who we somehow figure out f- means something. And I, I'm sure, being somebody who did not read the books and has limited memory of season one, I'm sure that there's something about her that figures into Frank's ancestry or something. I, as a person who's read the books, will neither confirm nor deny anything related to the significance of Mary Hawkins. TM. But... <laughs> She obviously is a French woman, uh, an English woman in France, who young woman who meets 
a relative. Anyway, fine. And she's there to marry an old man with a bunch of warts on his face. Disgusting. And so then they both, they share a very tender moment where they watch Louise get the hair ripped off. Ripped off, off of her of goddamn beaver. Just straight up ripped off by the... It, and what, then her pet monkey screams. What does she call him? The evil Turk? <laughs> the sa- the savageness of a Turk. <laughs> Turk! <laughs> when she slaps his ass, but he's in there. Don't slap your waxing professional. Just don't do it. Just don't. But then... Then Claire goes home to entice Jamie with her freshly waxed beef. Like, she fell for it, you guys. It, the marketing of beauty products has been I mean, around for I so can, long. I can say that's absolutely true. We've been told to modify our bodies forever. But uh, I will say that I can understand the appeal of wanting to, like, shake things up for your partner, especially when, when your he's partner, not getting it up. Right. When he can't, cause he's terrified mm-hmm. because he's constantly having flashbacks to that time that he got violently raped and thought he was going to die. It is so, awful. um, and then of course he says a bunch of funny things that involve Sam honey pot. honey pot in his, can accent. we please just not? Oh, I'm fine with it. Oh, I think it's the worst. I'm fine with it. Oh, sticky. Ew. I kind of <laughs> like sticky. I don't know. Sweet. Sweet. Something. I just don't know. Honey Pot just gives me the, I like, I don't know. It like, it's like something that. with like Winnie the Pooh in my mind and then I can't like back off of that and it's horrible. Chubby little cubby all stuffed with fluff. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, but he does have that great line about why would you get rid of that magnificent forest, which thanks. Thanks, Thank Jamie. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, anyway, then he has another flashback and is obviously terrified. And it's not all that long after that scene that then they all take off for Versailles. They do. Which, God, it's just beautiful. Production design, costume design, the direction. It's like it's just a really stunning few sequences. We also have to mention her entrance in the red dress, Oh, which that was red great. dress. And obviously everyone has seen that at this point because it was in all the publicity photos, but... For absolutely, it should have been. It was amazing. Just really stunning. I told Allison earlier I was not a huge fan of the earring choice, but I mean that's a quibble. The dress itself was beautiful. The way that it shaped her bodice, and then the amazing bustling out to the sides, like she had <laughs> she to go had through to doors sideways. sideways. Yeah, like that's astounding. And also when they enter Versailles, which is supposed to be the most sumptuous place of all time, especially at this time period, that the costumer or the design team had lit everything in like blue and gray and everybody was wearing blue, gray and brown, like even the most fancy and ladies. Some green and yellow, but yeah. But like she walks in and that is it. Like that is all you can see is this woman in this incredible bright crimson. It's like, has anybody ever seen Jezebel with Betty Davis? I anybody? Haven't. No. Janine, she same gambo. No. Same fucking same same idea. She walks into a ball wearing a completely red scarlet dress from shoulder to toe. And it's highly effective. <laughs> so she walks in. Obviously, Allison brought this up earlier, trying to get as much attention as possible. It works. And she needs to bring a bigger fan because Jamie wants to bring a bigger fan. <laughs> to hide her boobs. To Whatever. hide her boobs. I mean, there's boobs everywhere. I mean, we get to see. So this is a dress, the nipple dress. That's a dress that's in the books. Uh, and I read another, speaking of Terry Dressback interviews, which we mentioned in the last episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry Dressback did a brief interview with Vanity Fair where they just talk about that dress, which is a prominent dress in the books um, because it's the exact same scene, basically. Um, but that was a thing. It was all about one-upping the next person. So this is, 
It's a little hard to tell, but the swans that are on her nipples are actually piercings. So it's a dress that's also piercings. And it's just, Janine, it's a dress where her boobs are just out. Yeah, you just saw my face, right? Yes. Right, right. Yeah. And this isn't Claire. This is Louis. Louis' mistress. Louis' mistress. And it's like this beautiful cream and pink colored like confection. And her boobs are just straight, like nipples straight out, just like this. And poor Murta just stands like through the nipples. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an incredible costume. And I think it says a lot about the time. And or like, that place. And why it is that Jamie is so shocked by Claire's dress, which is not that shocking. Mm-hmm. Because that's a thing. I mean, that was what the king's mistress wore to a ball. Mm-hmm. Was her boobs. <laughs> yeah, just her nipples And out. then a beautiful dress around her boobs, but just her boobs. Mm-hmm. It's like a reverse Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to be where the nipples are. <laughs> So we meet, we come to Versailles, it's amazing. There's nipple dresses, there's all sorts of dresses. There's the king shitting. There's the king pooping, learning about porridge. And then, then we meet... Monsieur Duvernay. Who tries to make out with Claire's feet, and it's horrible. <laughs> and those gorgeous shoes, we didn't mention those the shoes. Those shoes are amazing. And then he tries to make out with her shoes, and then Jamie shows up and pushes him in a lake. We're, we're moving along here. <laughs> and then he's in a lake, and he pulls him out, and then his wig is all fucked up. But then he ends his up being... Wi- his wig looks like a Davy Crockett cap. It's horrible. That went through a dryer. It's um, horrible. Um, but then we... Um, but then he's great. We meet him, and he's great. He has the most generous response, and obviously this is a part of the culture where it seems like everyone is having multiple affairs, and there's no um, shyness about sex or the body in any way so it makes sense that when and louise did him no favors when she was like my friend is so intrigued to meet you she's been so so of course that's what he thought um and then but like when your husband is a a tall towering scotsman you just get pushed (laughs) in a lake and then the best possible reaction is i'm so sorry and then they of course because they're great diplomats are like no worries and then they're pals and it looks like next week we're going to see Jamie play chess with Monsieur Duvernay. Excellent. So we, we meet him, and we know that that's going to be a relationship that moves on. But then we see that Mary, was that her name again? Mary's chatting with a handsome was little dude. Was chance- chatting up a handsome young dude. And then Claire moves on and meets up with da, da, da. the Duke of Sandringham, Fuck played by this Simon guy. Cowell, who's so good. Fuck this guy. He comes back. He's was a Cowell. dick. Cowell is, Cowell is American Idol. Yeah. yeah. Simon callow simon cowell uh not the right thinks guy. you're a disgrace <laughs> um simon callow is a uh, very gifted he's the only incredibly gifted british actor that was never in the harry potter movies that's how i was describing him earlier and that's obviously not true but he wasn't in harry potter um he's right? really good we uh, remember no, him from season one um, he's a dick. He's, he's horrible. The be- All of his scenes with Claire are the best. It's great to see her it's match good wits sparring. with somebody who can keep up with her. It's good sparring. Uh, but we find out the most important thing that we find out is that his secretary is Alex Randall, the handsome dude chatting to Mary. Might recognize that last name is Blackjack Randall's brother, who is maybe a little bit sickly, and also the young man who was hitting on Mary. Uh, what was her last name again? Mary Hawkins. Mary Hawkins earlier. So we've got this little web going. Claire finds out Blackjack Randall is not dead. And not just in Jamie's mind. It's not, oh, he's just alive in my mind. It's that he's just... He's still living. So He did not get trampled by cows. Uh, we all know he's not dead. I mean, storytelling-wise, he can't be dead yet. So 
Claire finds out it's very jarring to her. She has a moment. She steps back like she's in And then the fireworks go off. And then fireworks. And then the episode is kind of over. So we're left with this. So uh, here's what we finish with. Claire knows Jamie doesn't. Yeah. So I get the big question is going to be when and how does she tell him? Or I guess if, right? If she tells him. I would never tell him. I mean, it's a really... That's the, he's obviously not in the country. Mm-hmm. It's a terrifying thing. But then if Jamie then, meets Alex Randall. What's his fuck is going back the next day, remember? So there's yeah. going to be some chat like, oh, I saw them at Versailles. Well, That's obviously shitty. Sandringham knows that Claire is. Well, I mean, they all still he still thinks, I think, that Claire is a spy. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly she acts like she's got lots and lots of information when he's around in conversations that Jamie doesn't know she's had with him. Mm-hmm. Um so he, it is makes sense that he would be suspicious of her and why it feels like a power play. But that's a weapon. If, if we were to declare a winner of that conversation, Sandringham wins. Oh, no doubt. Like, she's like, ooh, ooh, ooh my friend, the Minister of Finance. And, and he's, he's like, like yeah. uh, Jack Randall's, Jack Randall's still alive. alive. Blow. Yeah. Boom, and I'm out. Peace. Peace. And then he turns around Drop and makes the wig. that funny little face. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> See ya. All right. So what are the scales to end our episode? Okay. So um, the first is just costumes on a scale of, let's pick new shows this time, on a scale of um, Nightline (laughs) uh, to uh, Pride and Prejudice, the miniseries. Ooh. I'm going straight Pride and Prejudice. It's an, I mean, it's incredible, right? Some of the be best there. costuming We're going to be TV there. Ever. I think we're going to be at Pride and Prejudice levels or higher for the entire season. Well, certainly for the whole time we're in France. Yeah. Which is not to say that the costumes in Scotland are not exquisite because they are. But it's that sort it's of not as much fantasy. Porn. Even Louise's dress with the bows down the front. Her robe when oh. she was getting Oh, yeah, waxed, her robe. Like, with the bow. But also that, Claire's like, robe when they're talking about Yes, everything. Yeah. It's too good. And Murta's kilt, and he's the only one still willing. And there's that great joke about how Merton needed to clean his knees. He's like, I did. I, I did clean. No, I got nothing. <laughs> I did. I can't even do it either. Oh, uh, Duncan LaCroix. We think you're the best. Anyway. All right. So that's the first one. Uh, the second is the boning scale. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to bump this up a little bit on the boning scale because he got really excited about the uh, honeypot. Hairless honeypot. Yeah. <laughs> So he got really excited and then, you know, it fizzled out because he's having problems. But there was the moment that was really hot of the discovery. I'm going to give it a um, heart to heart. <laughs> that's that's a solid. That's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would give it like um, like a latter day Battlestar Galactica. Yes. When you know that Almost and McDonald are totally doing it, but you never see it. I give it like that. And mm-hmm. like they're not, but... But they also gave us that great POV shot at the beginning where we're all Claire and yeah. Jamie is just like pumping above us. Yes. And like you still you, you still get some boobs in that. So it's not like Janine, don't worry. There's some scenes in this episode for the dudes, too. Yeah, well, I mean, Pierce boobs. Pierce boobs. Oh, yeah. The swan and dress. And also waxing and the rope. Like You got my attention. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I would, I would have to give it a Battlestar, I, Ron, appropriately, Ronald Moore's Battlestar Galactica. That's where I'd give it. All where right. it's like there's sexual tension and there's some chemistry and there's a little promise, but, there, but it's not like the heyday of season one. Uh, and the final scale would be uh, exactly like how many beers or how far are you willing to go to get beers? Gasp-worthy. Can't tear your eyes away. I would say that this one... You would probably 
maybe just need to have your beers lined up on the table. Like not I, quite like episode one. No, the episode one was longer and more character driven. This was much more visual. Uh, obviously, there were character and plot lines that were moved forward, but it was way more visual. I would think it would be harder to move away from the television. Yeah, I would say for this one, if you haven't seen it yet, just get your bottle chilled or your red out. Let it breathe, Larry. Or bring your fucking six pack out and open it up because why move away? Yeah, you've got to be, you want to be able to catch all the details. You're not going to yeah. want to step away. But it's not like, maybe a better way of saying it is, there, are there any spit takes? No spit takes. The, well, Mm-mm. maybe the dress, the waxing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, the dildos? <laughs> I, I might have spit at the dildos. <laughs> Buy a rent? Yeah, uh, the rent. The rent part, I might have been like... <laughs> I, I might not have been able to help it. Um, well, that's it for episode two of Podlander Drunk Cast and Outlander Podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. And if you like the show, rate or review. You can find us on Twitter um, because this was recorded uh, like five minutes after the first episode. Julie still does not have a Twitter account, but never I do. You will by episode three. Don't worry. Uh, you can find me at Allison Shoe um, and... Yeah, thanks for listening and watch the show, and we'll be back next week, hopefully, with more boating.